Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Travancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, Carlton decides he's not really interested in answering any questions and makes a break for it. Jonathan receives an update from Bucks on what's going on and uses the code phrase to get Travancore to take his leave. While the Passerac guards give chase to Carlton, the rest of the party quickly leave the house and head to town. After successfully losing his pursuers, Carlton meets back up with the party at the Eagle Shields, and they sit down to discuss what to do next. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy. I'm once again drinking some bullet bourbon. So the sad thing is that I tried to make it old-fashioned, and I didn't really realize that at least the recipe that I was working off of, an old-fashioned required bourbon, and a sugar cube, and some water, and some bitters. I feel like the sugar cube means it also requires absinthe, technically. No, there was no absinthe. If there was absinthe involved, was absinthe. I didn't see it. It was an absent absinthe. <laughs> Ooh, that is hard to say. <laughs> Absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> anyway, I don't have any bitters because I don't have a lot of things. So I basically just have bourbon and water and a sugar cube. And it's actually still pretty good. Yay. Bernie, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking like literally one of my favorite beers and favorite breweries, Natty Green's Wildflower Wit Beer. I love it. And if I have a second beer, I have one of their Buckshot beers. So I'm just happy. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> happy is good. Jonathan, what are you drinking tonight? Hi, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Muscular, and tonight I am drinking a classic. As of, it's a classic in the last fortnight. It is a Up Yours Putin. It is 7-Up <laughs> vodka and a little bit of lime juice because Up Yours Putin. I agree. Travancore, what are you drinking tonight? Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's Choice this evening is the very last of the Heritage Distilling Company rye whiskey that I've been drinking the last few months. Uh, our Ooh. thanks to the Heritage Distilling Company of, oh, Gig Harbor, Washington. How about that? Hey, I know where that is. Yeah. I'll pick you up some more the next time I'm somewhere in Gig Harbor. Until then, is off to Total Wine to pick up something new. Yay. And Carlton, what are you drinking tonight? Hello, enablers. The bumbling idiot's choice tonight is a uh, real ale. You can't say that because you got away. If you were totally a bumbling idiot, you know. would be captured. He wouldn't have to get away if he hadn't been a bumbling idiot. Is <laughs> a Fireman Fours, uh, real ale brewing company Fireman's Fours, a blonde ale, and I am drinking because I still have my head. Ba-doom, boom. All right. You guys have arrived back at the Eagle Shields house. It is approaching dinner time. You were about to, I think if I remember correctly, compare notes and have a little bit of a chat. And that's where we left off. So what would you like to do? Well, as I've been, as I've been thinking in my mind palace and totally not listening to past episodes, I remember <laughs> that one, one note that we wanted to make was that, the, that Bucks had seen the bookie from the race visiting the Passerax during, during Recon Flight Alpha. That was one of the more interesting little tidbits that we had picked up. So I think that's worth following up on with 
whatever we learn from the Pasarak household, from a uh, recon foot beta, as it were. <laughs> I I have a question. Did we learn anything? Um, uh, we learned that somebody snitched. They they were expecting something. Well, okay. So so Carlton is with us now. Oh yeah, you guys are back at the house. He's delivered the rabbits. You guys have delivered the apples. Um, dinner is currently. I think it was made and you've eaten. So basically it's up to you whether you want to have this discussion in front of the Eagle Shields or if you want to go either up to your rooms or go back to the pocket house. I think we're better discussing in private. I don't know. Uh Carlton, what what uh what do you think? Uh, let's let's go let's let's leave the Eagle Shields to do uh you know, they've had a long day. They don't need to we hear about our day. On the credenza. Yes. Okay, you oh, want to and the planter po- box. Oh yeah, let's let's pocket house then. Pocket house it is. Pocket. All right. Who who is going to activate it, and where are you going to activate? I think it? probably I don't activate, but it's I thought pro- I had it. I think you do, and I think we would probably activate it in our bedroom again. Yeah. Right. It seemed yeah. okay last time, so yeah, we can definitely do that. Yeah, you had no problems. All right, Bernie, you go ahead and activate the the teleportation circle to the pocket house without a problem, and uh, head on in. It's about. Just so you know what time it is, it's about dinner-ish time. It's about sundown at this point. So you activate and head on in. As you come in the front door, all of, and I'm assuming all of you are going. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. We, we got shit to talk about. Wait, I thought we were turning the credenza into a table because we realized that it was more important to have a well, table. Well, let, let's do this. I, I think that that is the case, but I, we had instructed the Madras to do that. So let's see what yes. they've come up with. Yes. Modern. It's interesting that you say that, because as you walk on in, there are the Modrons all uh, standing at attention, ready for you. The living room area, kind of the entranceway to this house, is still completely empty. But as you look to the right, where the kitchen area is, and the kind of the, di- the dining room is, and then behind that, uh, out of your sight, is the kitchen, you do notice there is a table and four chairs. Woo-hoo! And as you approach, you can see that it is it is the same wood and stain and everything jonathan that you had bought at this point i think it was two days ago who knows really months months Uh, yeah basically yeah or a day ago it's super simple but really well put together there are no frills on these chairs there is no decorations on this table it is as basic of a table and chairs as you can make out of wood however it is, like, expertly put together. You can almost not see the seams where, like, the table legs meet the top of the table. The edges have been expertly sanded and cut. The The chairs themselves are sturdy and just perfectly balanced. But there is, besides the, the stain that was on this wood... There's nothing else going on with this table and chairs. It's it is got that nice Swedish simplicity. It is super, super simple, but it is also super, super sturdy. And the four chairs are comfortable enough for all of you to sit around. They've even one of the chairs, Bernie, they have actually added an extra rung <gasps> onto the the legs. So it's not obvious. It's not like, oh, look, they put a ladder on the side. They've just made a very simple extra rung so that you can climb up onto the chair really easily. Carlton, you notice one of the chairs is just a little bit taller and a little bit wider than the others, and it, it seems to be reinforced. 
if not ornamental, if not pretty, it is super functional. Anyway, there's table and chairs. Uh, Piddlesmick, Alistair, Duke, and Felix are all, once again, just standing at attention, ready to go. What would you like to do? I sit down. I was like, all right, guys, let's uh, let's talk this out. Yeah, I grab a chair, but not before congratulating the mod- moderns on a jo- job well done. I want to pat the eyeball one on his eyeball and say thank you. At your encouragement, all three of them stand a little taller. They all they all do have mouths, even though the only noises that you've ever heard any of them make are kind of these weird... <laughs> the eyeball one that you refer to constantly, the one with the wings, Alistair Duke, the round one. No, I've named him Gerald. <laughs> well, whatever you've named him, his name is Alistair Duke. As you pat him, he... He initially flinches back because he's used to you poking him, and then when you go in for a pat, he he kind of stands a little taller and enjoys it for a second. So they are they are super proud. We need to learn comprehend languages. Mommy loves you. Does any of our spellcasters know comprehend languages yet? Uh, I it's I a spell I, I can know. I don't think I have it though. I should though. I it's one of those utility spells that if we ever get back to. To Waterdeep, I will. I will definitely grab. Yeah, I don't think that's like a thing. I usually when you convert, you speak my language. Yeah, it, for clerics, uh, it depends on your domain, and I'm not sure yeah. that knowledge is one of based queen based domains. Yeah, knowledge is not our domain. Enlightenment is. But uh, okay, so we kind of sit down, and I like okay, so. Carlton, because we we really haven't had a chance to debrief Carlton, right? Nope, you guys returned, and uh, there was apples and rabbits and pies and uh, chat, but then the decision to wait until you guys were not within easy earshot of the Eagle Shields to actually, like, chat with each other uh, was made. So this is your first chance to compare notes. Uh, And I go, Carlton, uh, well, we we got code Apple from Bucks over there. So what happened? Uh, they somebody I I think somebody snitched. Uh, I went in there and the stable hand was like, "What are you doing here?" After I was like, oh, "Is this one of those 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 freaky horses?" And he's like, and then he yelled for the guard, and the poop trick didn't work. Did the poop trick not work? I want to detect if he's lying to me. I'm going to roll an insight check. I get. I want to okay. Carlton actually used his poo. Well, Carlton, if you are lying, then you oh, roll hel- a deception. Yes, I'm hell hel- lying. All right. Uh, deception is starts with a D and is over here, and I'm going to fail. I failed with a 10. Uh, Bernie, he is lying through his teeth. Carlton, tell us what really happened. We won't judge you. All, all you know, Bernie, is that he's lying about using the poop. Did you use the poop, Carlton? No, it wasn't going to work. Why did you have to pretend like you did? Do you not trust us? I know how much you wanted the poop to work, and I didn't want you to think that your feelings uh-huh. were going to be hurt. Uh-huh. Well, mm-hmm. I, so Carlton relays the events. Mm-hmm. It hurts my feelings that you don't, that you feel you need to lie. <laughs> what else is he lying about? Why did you, did you touch the horse when you weren't supposed to? I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so... Discretion so is the better how, part of valor. Carlton, how accurate is your account of the of what happened? So, the snitching is an assumption because 
I went and looked at the horse, and he's like, hey, you're not supposed to do that. There was a meeting, and the stable hand said we were warned that there would be intruders, and then he yelled for the guard, and so I quickly tried to go to the secret part of the stables, and I couldn't find nothing in time, uh, and then I made them look like fools as I ran past them. And so I, I, that part I think I can corroborate with Bucks, the, the running past. And I'm like, yeah, Bucks, Bucks saw you uh, right after he came and got us. It's interesting because, if you recall, the bookie that, uh, that Travancore interacted with had stopped by the night before. Now, we don't know who else stopped by the Pastoract house, but it's very interesting that, that the bookie chose the dead of night to show up. After we spoke to the barkeep. After we spoke to the barkeep. And I, I would hate to think that Loris Tuff is the one who sold us out. I'm more in incl- Laros. Laros Tuff. Loris I, I, Tyrell. Loris Ty. I every fucking time. Every fucking time. All right. Nope, They're both nope. knights. They couldn't be further from each other. They're both knights. <laughs> they ride. And that's, oh, like and that's where the similarities literally I, I, end. Anyway, so all knights look alike to you. Hey, look, all, all, all white knights look the same to me, all right? Oh, oh that would be great. Um, anyway, so we, we have to suspect. I, so I say we go and see Loris Tough. <laughs> Fuck, Laros Tough. And, and we tell him something. I don't know if we want to tell him what actually happened. We need to get an idea if we, we need to start crossing. We need to get a read names. on him. Yeah, we need to start crossing names off the list. So if we can if we can establish him as someone who's actually trustworthy, who didn't sell us out, because right now we can't assume anything. We're we're making inside checks on each other. Okay, this is the time yes. to strike. I just want to say my personal opinion is that there is only one person we talk to that routinely gets paid. To inform on people. That's kind of where I'm leading to, or leaning as well. So I guess at this point, we need to decide what we're going to do. We still have a town that was attacked by basilisks. And even though the basilisks were killed, whoever is responsible hasn't, hasn't been called on that. And we're, we're kind of at the point where we don't have any evidence and we've got people working against us so the question is carlton i already know the answer for this for you but for the rest of us how much do we care we're getting in a lot of trouble and stirring up a lot of shit and not gaining any experience (laughs) i'm well glad you asked i'm of the opinion that we go to the amcartha house burn it down cut our losses and leave that way <laughs> I sit up I'm like yes <laughs> I do uh, like this option I I don't, I don't we don't know who's guilty and who's innocent we could spend another week or two weeks here these factions working against each other and maybe no closer to the truth because it's through a pris- it's, it's a prism with five colors and the truth comes in any kind of flavor depending on what the lord says or does not say if we take out the Ancarthas at the very least we have Carlton gets his revenge. There's some sort of balance that happens in the town. Maybe the basilisk comes back. Maybe they don't. But at least we move on. Also, I mean, come on. We've already spent like, what, a month and a half here? 
No, like three days. Uh, technically, you've arrived on the evening of the 5th, and it is currently the evening of the 8th. Yeah, three you've days. You've been here a total of three days and a few hours. It's been well, a shitty three days. Yeah. Given that I'm already ready to kill myself after being here only three days, for the amount of nobles here, you'd think this would be a more interesting town. I don't know. I really do like the idea of burning the Ancarthur's house down to the ground. The only thing I'm worried about is that exit strategy. Because yes. I'm going to point out the fact that we don't really do that very well. And I'm trusting the blind luck is fine. Blind luck and shit have got us a long way so far. But we don't exit well. <laughs> so if we're going to burn his house down... We need to have a public falling out with Carlton's family in order to alleviate suspicion or retribution on them when we're done. And then we need to know where we're going. We need to have a lot of supplies. And I don't know, does anybody sell gasoline here? Is that a thing in this fantasy world? What's fantasy? Listen, Bernie, <laughs> your name is, is literally Bernie. And if I were so inclined, I do do fire very well. I know, we do fire very well, but I'm talking about the kind of fire that catches and burns and not as, like, it's, you need... Cook anyone would do it, right? Even Jesus needed extra fishermen. i just saying, you know, he's not just pulling the fish out of the sea. I, from what I understand about that religion, he had nets. We need nets. Let our nets be gasoline. Would cooking oil do it? it now here's, I say that. Jonathan the Match Muscular Lamp is, is Lamp definitely opposed to burning down the Amcarthur house. It doesn't. Well, it's. I understand they're suck. assholes, but they're <laughs> also like. I, I, it seems petty. On what grounds? They're the only bad actors we found so far. They were legit out there sh trying to shatter statues. If anyone has done any wrongdoing, the only ones you can firmly pin something down on is the Amcarthur house. I still, again, we don't have any evidence, uh, evidence for that. We we have we have as much evidence that the Amcarthras were were shattering statues as the Passeracs were unleashing basilisks. Is that true? Yeah, uh, we have. I'm, I'm asking Lauren. Oh, like based on what, what we what we saw. I based on what I saw, I know they were shattering statues. So I'm glad you believe me. It's nice to know if I ever come to you with a problem, you'll just say there's no evidence. No, I'm saying it's the same. We have the same amount of evidence. I'm saying that we, mm -hmm. none I'm of us actually enough. saw a, an Amcarthur soldier smash a statue. I want to see if I remember if that's true or not, because I seem to remember that they were, they were shattering and that they were out there. What does Jonathan the Magimuscular remember? Yeah, you know what? Let's make it easy. Jonathan the Magimuscular does not remember actually seeing an M. Carthra hit a statue. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence. There was a very intense discussion between Bernie and Asok that seemed to indicate that something was up, but none of you actually saw the M. Carthra is doing anything except standing around a bunch of statues, some of which had already been destroyed or uh, damaged, and they had a story for what they say happened. A story. Story. And, I'm doing air quotes. And even if they're completely innocent of th this, uh, this specific crime, they still chased our dear friend Carlton out of town and tried to intimidate him and tried to attack him. What if we just lit the whole town on fire? 
You may no. not have the opportunity for revenge again. Like, this, we, who knows when we'll be back in this town. If you don't take this action now, Carlton, you may not have an opportunity to do it. But why does he I have to? I like this new Travancore. I, 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 my, <laughs> my opinion is why? Why would we even want to do that? It seems, it seems vindictive and beneath us. Why is it beneath us? Like, the, we, our friend was wronged. What justice Friends. is there for him? Why is starting fires beneath us? Starting fires is never beneath you. In fact, it usually causes a blaze that towers over you in a beautiful inferno. Fine. If we're going to destroy the MacArthur house, I want to destroy the Passerac house. For the, all the same reasons oh, that- that lady is a resting bitch face. It's not her fault no one likes her. I kind of like her. She's grown on me. Practically speaking, we can only destroy one before our house moves against us and we have the book. I don't think we have time exactly. to destroy two. I think we can destroy both. <laughs> I, think, like I to... think we're capable. I believe We in can us. destroy one on the way out, destroy the other. Carlton, this is your home. What do you think? I mean, in regards to who we're going to burn down first, like the Amkothras, because they're bad people. Carlton, go ahead and roll a history check. History intelligence. I am super good at this. <laughs> wow. They're really <laughs> bad people. What'd you roll? I rolled a one. Ooh. So that's wow. a two. That's a two. Okay. It's been it's been five years since I've actually interacted with them outside of the basilisk attack, so This is this is very true. They're super bad people. But you seem to remember they had a lot of guards. Hey guys, they have a lot of guards. But we can still burn their house down with a fireball. From a distance. You, I, I refuse to use my magic to burn down the MacArthur house. Okay. Wait, hold on. Earlier you were saying we wouldn't need incendiary devices because you have magic, but now, no, I was saying now you're that, like, I'm no, not that was under, use my magic to burn I, I down I was simply house. saying that if we were to, if we wanted to, we didn't need incendiary devices. I do not want to. I have an idea. What if, because we still need to figure out what, what's going on with Pastorax, right? What if we burn down something next to their house to get them all to leave the house, and then we go in all sneaky sneaky. What if we just go back for another cup of tea now that she likes us? And there's the other piece of the puzzle that whatever we do, we have to make sure there's zero blowback to the Eagle Shield family. And that's the thing. I don't think there can be. I think these this place is so petty that they might just decide Carlton Tanks did it. They don't know. Who knows Carlton's here? Anybody? Everybody knows I'm here. Wait, you revealed yeah. yourself? Yeah, he challenged he challenged uh, Dude M. Carthra to single combat. Yeah, and he did walk into the Staghorn Flagon with you as Carlton. I thought he said his name was Leotion that whole time. Uh, then he left and took off the hat and came back in. And he challenged uh, when we were at that night at the statue. Because I wasn't, the, with the attacks, I wasn't fully attuned yet, so I had to be Carlton. Right. Ah, uh, so, but I don't think I called you Carlton that entire time. Did somebody make you? Did anyone call you Carlton? Oh, no, time? when uh, I thought we were going to die, I tried to get us out of it by challenging him to single combat. Which is what I've been saying. Did he? So you've been made, basically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which is one of the reasons why I think burning down the MacArthur house is a bad idea. Travancore, you would also remember in your chat with Olivia Passerac, she noticed that you were missing a member. Right, right. I mean, they knew someone was my party. I don't know if people know specifically it was, was Carlton. She didn't mention anyone in specific, but she did ask about your, your missing person. And I don't, I don't remember offhand if you mentioned his name or, or that he was a half-orc, but you did mention that he was 
a big dumb guy who was not fit to be in a negotiation. So, so, so how big is this town aside from the Lords? It's not a huge town. What's the rough population? I think they said it gets anywhere. It's like when it's not in season, it's like two, three hundred people. And then when it gets in season, it's like sixteen hundred. Are there enough people here that we could train a militia to deal with future basilisk attacks and then they'll go on their way? Because I don't think the whole justice from the Lords thing is going to work. Training a militia means that we're going to commit to being here for like a month and we've already spent a week here in one night. We spent three days. I wonder if we could just do a whole uneventful <laughs> militia training montage see, I, I and think, then go move it on. I think that's, I, I like that idea because training a militia would not take the minutia to train the militia. It would just like, yes, thank you. It, you. We would just, it would be a montage. It would be a series of checks made over Lauren's a fortnight or two. Lauren's face says that we're not doing a training montage. Lauren's face says gonna do a montage. she's going to make us spend a million years here. No, my face says that I'm very upset with the minutia militia joke, and oh, we can go on from there. How, <laughs> if, if you guys, if you guys wanted to train a militia, that could be an interesting thing. I just want to find out who set the basilisk. How many of you have trained armed uh, guards before? Noble. Usually, nobles don't train their armed guards. Yes, but as a, as a noble, were you actually in charge of being the person training? The guards, or did you have a, a guard captain type person? Uh, we're all people in the Kingdom of Chronom are tied to five years of military training. One of the things that Travancore did was to basically train soldiers, new ones. Well, not quite the same right. as a militia, but at least he he did some of it as part of his... That's some retconning. No, that's not retconning. I honestly didn't know. I was asking. Jonathan the Magimuscular <laughs> went to a formal college for, for, for wizard training, and... As much as it's the arcane arts, the, the Neverwinter Academy also had practical concerns. Part of the reason why Jonathan the Magimuscular has so many blasty spells is because he particularly loved the military applications of magic. So while, while he wouldn't, he's not a formally trained soldier uh, by any means, he has been trained as a wizard and in the and he, I, I'm sure he could, a, a, as smart of a guy as he is, apply some of the techniques to, to maybe, maybe not the, the wielding of a spear, but maybe being one with the spear, like a soldier's mindset or something. something. That could be Jonathan the Medjimuscular's contribution to this. Bernice Q. Burns don't have time for this shit. You also do know that Laro's tough. Knight Commander Laros Tuff has is not just the captain of the guard of the Tuff family, but does have formal training. So you do know of at least one other person who is not just a, an armed mercenary employed by a a house in town. You do know someone else who does have formal training, whether you'd want to uh utilize him or not. I'm not I'm not saying anything about your plan. I'm just saying that's what you I, have. I say we get a read on him. And then we say, look, we're outsiders. We're sick of this shit. You want to help us train up some people who can help themselves to help train these people to help themselves going forward. And maybe that helps break the Lord's uh, hold on this place. If the if the town residents can can take up arms themselves, then maybe maybe Laros Tuff can spend more time off training his men for the really bad shit. And we present it that way. 
Like he helps, he helps a little to help himself a lot later on. That way he doesn't have to get into the minutia. He can, he can focus on the big problems. I'm not sold on it. They're going to need medics. I don't care. New, new Queen Bay converts. Okay, uh, Jules, what, talk to us. What are you thinking? Or what's Bernie thinking? What's Bernie thinking? Bernie is thinking we just wasted a whole lot of time for nothing if we're going to completely switch course and decide to just train a militia. I would rather just figure out who did this and just kill them. We are fate changers. And then just let it just go on our way. Because what you're assuming is you're assuming a local militia is going to lead to... You're talking about a complete and total class upheaval. If you're talking about who's in charge, we'd need to reestablish. But we need to... They don't even have a justice system. Like, we would have to do major work here in order to make a militia actually do something other than weakly fend off what is... Inevitably, we're going to be attack after attack after attack. They won't be empowered to actually go out and figure out who's doing it because there's no real justice here. We could just kill somebody or burn their house down, and yeah, I mean that won't help that much either. But you also make a good we would point. Have to like make long-term social change in order to actually do something about this. And I mean, Carlton, you're from here, and you don't even seem that invested in doing that. Well, I was also thinking that like. You know, attack after attack after attack. We we ran into the Basil attacks, and we we barely were able to handle it. And we're we're pretty good at what we do. Like we've seen some shit, and we've dealt with some shit. If we train people, like, and the scale of attacks is Basilisk every time, they're not going to be as well. Even if we do our best job, they're not going to be as good as we are. They they won't have the real world experiences until a few times in, and by then there's going to be so much casualty. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to be level six outside of game. Well, I'm not looking well to neither be are we. So that's fine. Town. I'm just looking to be <laughs> the divine hand of fucking your shit up. Okay. Well, the problem is, I think if we if we if we destroy the Encarther house, I think the attacks could very well continue. And as as we've seen, that's a lot of guards to to be to not be around to fight the next monster. And I firmly believe that the Passerac House, based on, on what we've had, what we've seen, were the ones responsible. So if we're going to go burn something down, I say we burn their house down. Now, now but th- that said, I don't know that burning houses down is, is the right course of action. I'm not convinced that the Passeracs are responsible, though. I think they're the, the sort of scapegoat. Like, they saw the out-of-town, the ones who don't involve themselves. There, I feel like we were pointed in their direction well, deliberately. It, the problem is that we don't have anywhere else to point. We have jerks, and then we have weirdos who who may or do we want to just grab the bartender and interrogate him? Yes, yes. Let's I do, can that. do that. That sounds great. I'll cast zone of goddamn truth and then hit him anyway. So, what time does the bar close? Probably around two, right? You're not exactly sure, but it. You'd be. It would be weird for the bar to close before midnight on any given night, right? Carlton, you're pretty sure in this town because that's one of the few places that the general populace can go. That it probably stays open a little later, but they're also open for breakfast, so you're pretty sure they probably close one, two o'clock in the morning ish, not long after midnight. I say we find a spot in the woods. We, uh, where we're not going to be seen, we come back, we grab the bartender and the bookie, 
We take them out to where we find two spaces. We tie them up. We tie them to trees. And then we, we interrogate both of them to see what the fuck is going on. See if they lied to us. See if, if Jack, as you suspect, maybe the past racks are scapegoats. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then go from there. Maybe the fixers are what we burned down. That's a good point. Nobody likes the fixers. They don't fix anything. That's... The, the fix <laughs> is in, as it were. Okay. It's an ironic. All right. So I see. It's I guess, ironic. Name. I guess the question is, we saw the bookie going to the past wrecked house, but the bartender is the only one we actually interacted with for a while. And as we've seen, he may have been lying to us. So do we just want to go after him or do we want to go after both? Well, we don't know where to find the bookie. Yeah. The bartender is probably the easiest place to start. Okay. So how do we nab the bookie? Or I'm sorry, the, the bartender. Uh, what we could do is go towards closing. Do wait? Do we want him to know? Like, we're not gonna like put like hoods on our faces and stuff like that and interrogate him. Quiet. Like, he's gonna know it's us interrogating him. I think we go towards closing and just corner him. Because like, if if we're trying to disguise who we are, that's one thing. But if like, if there's no hiding that we're the one interrogating him, and I don't think he'll snitch on us because he's also in the underworld. Uh, we, we could can just say, request another meeting. With exactly. Him. We could say uh, towards the end of closing, like, hey. When you wrap up here, meet us here. We want to. We want to uh, get some. We want to talk about some stuff. Who has the highest uh, wanna, deception? Who's <laughs> not me? Nah. Uh, well, no. Me. You can say talk about some stuff, and that's not lying. Yeah, we want to talk to him. But his insight may may betray our intention. Our intention isn't just to talk. Well, my intention is to talk, and I'm nothing bad's going to happen to me. Before we leave, I got to get the planter box supplies because we got to put. You know, we we got to have vegetables. Okay. Why don't you, Carlton, why don't you do that while we, while we figure that out? I am proficient in deception. So what does it make your check? My check is a plus five. Okay, that's, that's you then. Mine's only a plus three. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am not the talker. So Bernie and I will, will go up and try and get him to, to meet us now. He's not if we we're he's not going to meet us at the woods, so we need somewhere where we can we can nab him, and then take him to wherever we're going to interrogate him. Kyla's shop. Oh, let's not involve Kyla in this. Uh, yeah, I don't want to involve Kyla either. What if we just have him meet us in the barn? Barns are good places to talk. But doesn't that involve the Eagle Shields? Is something happening? Yeah, to I don't guy? want to involve them. Isn't there a public? St- doesn't the inn have stables? Not that you've seen, but the inn does have rooms for rent, and it is a, a fairly large, it's a essentially a, a bar and grill with a few rooms for rent. It's the one place that, like, visiting people can stay. It, it's a fairly large building. It's probably, from what you've seen, the largest building in Carlton, town. we need to sound check those rooms. You need to grab a whore, you need to go upstairs, you need to have <laughs> oh, some God. fun, some loud fun, and then we will see if we can hear loud fun. Because if we can hear loud fun, then, then they could probably hear interrogation. Not a problem. And I get up and I leave. <laughs> the views expressed by Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Do I go to the portals of the and kingdom I leave. of Reconnaissance. <laughs> I say, well, all right, no, 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 wait, wait, no. Carlton, Carlton gets up and is gone. You've said, <laughs> find a whore. And he smiles and is gone. Before that plan is, what am I supposed to go with him? <laughs> Otherwise, well, well, Jonathan the Thank you for volunteering yourself for yeah. this important Lord, a few minutes later, mission. I come back with the planter box supplies, the soil, the wood, and then I, like, as I drop that down, 
Then I go find a horse. Uh, so I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I, I, run, I was like, you guys, um, uh, figure out the particulars. I'm going to, yeah. And Bucks and I run after Carlton. The second time he leaves? Yes, or the second the first time. time. Oh, now okay. that you guys are gone, I look at Travancore and I say, we don't have an exit strategy for this one either. Nope. Well, here's the exit strategy at this point. When shit goes bad this time, we just bail. That seems to be the only thing we can do. Just leave. Literally run out of town. Yes. Um, in that case, do you think we should take our portal with us? Definitely. I mean, I don't know if they're doing anything to- Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Actually, before I do, I, uh, I ask- I, I summon the three Modrons, and I ask them all to kneel. And they kneel. It's- it's a little difficult for Piddleschmick and Felix, because they've got, like, six legs. Right. But they manage to, like, kneel- I pull out my short sword, and I lay it on each of their shoulders- and I say, you have done much service for the kingdom of Perconum. I now appoint you honored members of Automaton Sungum. Rise. What the hell is that? What's Automaton Sungum? Automaton Sungum is the loyal order of autonomous beings from the kingdom of Perconum. The ones who have shown exemplary service to the kingdom. And it's attach- attaches. <laughs> the three of them... Their eyes widen at this, especially Alistair Duke, because he's only got the one, but it's huge. It just, like, Iris is out huge. Um, The three of them rise, and then Alistair bows to you, notices the other two aren't bowing, and pokes them, and the other two bow to you. (laughs) I pat Alistair Duke on the eyeball, and I say, congratulations, Gregory. (laughs) <laughs> and as soon as you go to touch his, like, he's standing there all proud and everything, and he expects you to pat him on the head, and when you go for the eyeball, he immediately is like, <laughs> It's his lid! He has an eyelid! I'm not, like, potting, I'm not, like, trying to reach into his- I'm- No, but imagine if I came at you with my hand at your eye. Yeah, but what if it was big enough, be? it would be fine. He's used to it by now, jeez. Actually, this is, like, only the third time you've done that. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So, so Bernie, to be clear, are we uh, packing up shop and uh, heading into town to follow these these two guys and their their I terrible plan? I think we plan? are. Um, where are we? Did we ever decide where we're taking them? Just the room? But if the room's not, I just here's the thing. Here's, I'm sure Carlton's going to have. I'm not going to think about that. Um, I wouldn't kidnap someone and keep them on their home turf. Yeah, doesn't he own the inn? I'm so confused by this plan. I just don't think he's... I just... So here's the thing. We're in that room with no exit. We don't know anybody else that's a fixer. And I know we don't want to get the Eagle Shields involved, but... Let's go Let's go before they get any further. Maybe we take it... I just think... I mean, they're not going to capture him. They're just, he's going to listen to Carlton and have mediocre sex. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, are sa- we, are, we are trying to define an interrogation area and thus are, are sound Unless checking. that poor woman's going to have her eardrums blown out. So we um. head into the direction of low to moderate satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. This oh episode certainly took a turn. <laughs> Say like we are rated M for mature, by the way. I think, on our like I, point A to point Z map of like the plot, we just we hit like Z, X, and Y tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just wanted to say I know I want to talk to him some more about this. I want to have a strategy. Okay. 
We can't bring... No, it's the dumbest thing in the world. Can you imagine what would happen if you kidnapped me inside a temple to Queen Bay and decided to stay there? She'd be all like, bye, boy, bye. Exactly. And I'm sorry, but if this man's a fixer, I'm not going to kidnap him and hold him in an area where every other fixer is suddenly going to become on high alert. We don't know if he has any meanings. We don't know if he has any plans. We don't know if anybody's waiting for him. I don't even know if this man is married and if his wife's going to get worried. I don't know if he has a mistress and she's going to get worried. I don't know if he has a mister and he's going to get worried. So we need to, let's just look in the barn and clear out the barn. And bring him and put him in a stall in the Eagle Shield's barn. And maybe make sure we have a burlap sack to throw over his head while we transport him. Well, yeah, as long as he doesn't know where he is, there's no risk. Yeah, but if we take him in his own house, it's just like, no, I'm not. We're already kidnapping. There's no law here, but we're already kidnapping. And we're going to make an enemy of a group of people who, like, truthfully, if he would just talk to us, that would be great. Because we're about to make an unseen enemy. And we don't even know if the Passwacks are enemies or not yet. They may have made us. I'd we- per- if you want, we could just... Then they don't have to know. We could just go burn the Anfell house down. Nobody's got to know. Because that, to me, is safer than making an unseen enemy of a group of people whose entire job it is to be completely unseen and stab you in the goddamn back. I would think this course of action would be a lot safer if there are four of us there in case someone caught up with us. If it's just the two of us, yes, that's that might true. be a little harder. There's, so we they won't have a lot of burn guards. anything down, but maybe, maybe we won't kidnap this man inside his own establishment? Then we should catch up with him before they get there. Well, I mean, they're not going to kidnap him. They're just going to listen to Carl. He's just, I think, a, a bad, this is punishment enough for, this bad idea is punishment enough. And Right, I no, there's, be- there's absolutely no kidnapping to be had, uh, if you remember. Okay. All we're doing is sound checking the room. They're gotcha. just sound checking the room, and I truthfully, if this is... I, Jonathan came up with this idea, so let's let's let him enjoy the fruits of its labor or not. And there's always the possibility nobody's responsible, and this is actually a result of the thing where we came out here, the Crypt Garden. Maybe some basilisks made their way down from there. How far are we from the Crypt Garden? You're still pretty far. From Amphail, it is um, another 220 miles to Tribor, which is the next kind of town along the long road and then there's another about 130 miles to the crypt garden you guys have a ways to go you are you're pretty far away what a waste of time in this town then um are there no other settlements along the way between amphel and tribor yes so because tribor is the next that's the next big city there's red larch so red larch is in between yeah Kind of the two. Um, Tribor would be the closest to the Crypt Garden. If you did leave the Long Road earlier, you could actually get to the Crypt Garden a lot sooner. But Red Larch would be the next biggest town along the Long Road. Basically, you've, you've got a couple of options depending on what you want to do. If you continue up the Long Road, the next thing you'll hit is Red Larch. And then if you continue to be Tribor and then you kind of head straight west, Tribor would be the closest from the road to the Crypt Garden. If you want, you know, without having to go overland quite so far. If you wanted to get to the Crypt Garden as fast as possible, you'd go to Red Larch and then kind of off-road it from there. It'd be a little more dangerous, but it would shave off days of travel. But, but to answer, Bernie, your question... I mean, you'd have to roll some nature checks to know if basilisks would really make that kind of journey. But 
you know just offhand that that's a long way for any beast to go, especially something that might be territorial. Yeah, not migratory. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Correct me if I'm wrong, Travi, but do you recall the fact that it is the Amcarthurus son that is kind of a jerk? Yeah, so Aesok, but I, my understanding of Aesok is that he is sort of has too much power and his dad doesn't have the time to rein him in. But his father is at least neutral to honorable from, from what I was able to, get, to glean. Why don't we just go talk to his dad? We could pull the same thing you pulled with Olivia Boatwright over there. Like, Maybe perhaps no espionage this time. Maybe we just straight talk to him. Maybe we just straight up talk to him and be like, yo, your kid's a douche. And I'm are you sure you want that inheriting the family name. I mean, we can also talk to this dude because, I mean, heaven forbid we torture Jonathan with no actual fruits of that labor. You think that Jonathan, if... It- Jonathan is only concerned about the plan. So if you guys come up with a better plan, he is all for it. You hear the ethereal voice of Jonathan the Magimuscular in your head. You know him so well. (laughs) I'm thinking we play a nice leisurely game of cards. We let Jonathan listen to Carlton have terrible sex. And then we go tell them of of a... (laughs) I feel so bad. I'm currently in steps. Perhaps we don't save him this time. (laughs) I mean... Well, I am I'm amenable to a game of cards, but first, I am going to wish upon a flump. Flump, bro. Flump, bro. It's your dear friend, Travancore. I don't know if you can hear me. I don't know if you're too far away. But if you have any insight into the craziness that I have seen regarding Basilisk or anything, please reach out with one of your many flump appendages. You concentrate for a very long time picturing... The, the happy vestige of your flump bro and simpler times when you weren't embroiled in these politics that is one of the reasons you were actually happy to get get away from Perconum is because, oh god, the politics of all these goddamn nobles. Sadly, nothing comes to you. Mm. Well, one can only... I'm a man of hope. Alright, let's play some cards. Yes, let's play some cards. Uno? Um, that sounds intriguing. What is Uno? Oh, you're gonna love Uno. And Bernie reaches in her bag and pulls out a a a, a very like 1990s totally bent deck of Uno cards that she probably rented from the pool shack and <laughs> never gave back. The where from these cards? They must be a popular game. Uh, incredibly popular. So just so I'm clear, you guys are going to play cards and then eventually go to the Staghorn Flagon and catch up with your, your fellows? I reckon, how long does it take them to walk there? Five, ten minutes. It's very, you guys are just outside of town. I reckon we're going to have to play for all of 17 minutes. <laughs> wow. Carlton works fast in more ways than <laughs> one. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys start to play some cards. We'll switch on over to Carlton and the the trying to catch up with him, Jonathan the Magimuscular. It's well after dinner time at this point. You, you guys had eaten with the Eagle Shield. You've had this intense discussion on your new furniture. Carlton, you're making a beeline in the middle of the night for the center of the town of Amphail. Are you going to find the same whore that took your virginity? Good thing <laughs> I didn't hear that. That's that's not a nice way to talk about Kara. Wow. Okay, <laughs> Carlton, where are you headed? Uh, I think we're headed to the Staghorn flag. History check to know where I, uh, to remember where I w- one would find a whore. Go for it. 
I hope you fail this. I hope you fail this. (laughs) I hope you only remember where to find. (laughs) He really wants whores. I'm sorry. What was what was your history check? Eighteen. So, so the history check that mattered. The history check that mattered. You get a one. Success. And then the history check that is literally the worst idea. <laughs> As the person on this broadcast with the second most uh, historical education, I appreciate the high roll, Carlton. So the sad fact of the matter is, this plan sounded awesome to you when it was being thrown about until you took a moment to remember that you've never actually seen a a lady of the night in Amphail because the vast majority of the people who live in this town are either, you know, the very center of townspeople, the couple of hundred people that make up the, the residents of Amphail and the several hundred to thousand people who are migrants back and forth to Waterdeep and are probably not bringing ladies-in-waiting in that kind of waiting with them. You don't ever actually remember seeing any whores. Now, you are fairly familiar with them from other towns and you've seen them in Waterdeep and so you know what you're looking for, but you have zero idea. You've never seen a Nightwalker before. In this town. Well, I say, I don't remember ever seeing one in town now that I think about it, but it would make sense that they would try to hang out at the inn and tavern. That's where they would usually hang out in other cities. And That if is exactly where you have remembered seeing them in other if, cities, so that's Even true. if I don't see a lady of the night, we can still kind of do some recon while enjoying a pint or two between two friends. Yep, we can definitely... I know you were you had your heart set on the hooers, buddy, but maybe uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's the better part of valor. Just just some straight up recon. Thank you for pronouncing it correctly. I think I may have to call this episode "Heart Set on Hooers." <laughs> <laughs> it has to be somehow written so instead of whores, it's, it's hooers. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that, but I've got some time. Anyway, with that being said, Jonathan, you've you've now caught up to Carlton. You've had this little discussion. You head into town. It is at this point probably an hour or so before midnight. It is super dark, super cold because we're getting into winter time. There's a cloud cover and so it's it's rather dark. The center of town is deathly quiet with the staghorn flagon being the only thing around that even has any light or warmth and as you guys enter you see that the bar area that you guys that at least carlton is very familiar with is relatively quiet it's there's a couple of patrons three or four there's a pair at the bar and there's a couple of singles kind of sitting nursing a drink ready to mingle (laughs) (laughs) i'd need some insight checks at that point uh but you see about four different people (laughs) boop 12 on the insight uh 13 on the insight carlton none of them look like whores jonathan i didn't say they were whores i asked if they looked ready to mingle i know but carlton is still looking for whores and so by ready to mingle he's thinking about himself very true carlton is doesn't really see anything Jonathan, none of them look like whores. In fact, all of them are are men, and none of them look like men of the night. (laughs) The two that are at the bar 
you're not sure they look like brothers, so probably not. The other two, they're sitting by themselves. Jonathan, I don't know if you swing that way, but at least uh, one of the two, it seems to be a fairly attractive male. The other's got kind of, it looks like he hasn't washed in a day. It looks like he's, his uh, hygiene is less than stellar. And so you're, you're put off by him. But the other one, ah, Jonathan the Magimuscular, as a beautiful creature, is, appreciates beauty in, in other species and of both genders. He just doesn't, he doesn't swing that way. Which is cool, but you can tell at least the one of the two brothers makes a point to take care of himself, and you can appreciate that. Um, the only other person in the Staghorn Flagon at the, this moment is Derek Marn, the barkeep, who sees you and raises his eyebrows and gives you a little bit of a wave at you and then goes back to serving the two brothers at the bar. Can I derail this for a second and ask him and ask if you literally named this man after a World War I battle? I did not know. Okay. I wish I had, but Can I Can we not. pretend you did? No, because I'm not that smart. Uh, I, I do this to the bartender. I make the two right here. And, and I say, well, Carlton, looks like we're striking out tonight, buddy. Okay. I make the three symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the two are for me. After a few moments, after... The barkeep is done serving the the two brothers, and you see him putting together um, some drinks. He comes over with three, two in two mugs in one hand and one in the other of a a, a deep brown ale. Sets them down and says, "Well, I was unsure how many exactly you had. I thought I'd start with the three, and then if you really needed two more, we could we could always go from there." Well, I appreciate Just that. Go ahead. Yeah, that's fine, and. Uh, I mean, we've we've had a pretty rough day over here, so yeah, we're we're gonna need this. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. All right, well, you you tell me if you need anything else. I've still got uh, I've still got some fresh bread and some stew ready. I don't really have much food left. We're only open for about another hour or so. Uh, so, but I'm I'm happy to bring you whatever you need. I'd love a bowl of stew and those two more beers. All righty then. I I would love I would love some bread and uh, butter if you got it. Sure thing. And he heads back to the bar. Uh, about five, ten minutes later, he comes back out with two more beers, um, a bowl of stew, and a large plate that includes kind of a, a half loaf of bread and what looks like a generous spoonful of butter for the two of you. And he says, you you let me know if you need anything else. I, as I said, I don't have much food left, but I still got some drinks. So you just, you just wave me down. So I... And as I start eating, because I guess I'm probably hungry, I'm like, so Carl, do we, is there anything we want to try and suss out while we're here? Well, we should probably have uh, Bucks, I'm pretty sure Bucks didn't come inside. He's an outside bird, right? But I normally would have Bucks, since I don't want to draw attention, I would, I would probably ask him to, to uh, go, go to the roof and, and look out, um, let, and and flash me if he wants something to eat, and I can, I can take like a like a hunk of meat from uh, from Carlton Stew and uh, and leave it out for him. Okay. Because I'm saying like they should let, like Bucks can let us know when our friends are getting close, and then that way I can pretend like I just finished upstairs, and then that way they never have to know that I struck out. <laughs> I I think the lack of of chicks in here. Would would kind of kind of uh, she could still be in the room. She could rest after after a, a good, after the a good after night. the 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 after the raging the sexing. 
Do you can you rage while you have sex? Is that a, a thing the mechanics will allow? Only if he's hurt while they're doing it. I think that's called hate fucking. <laughs> he he has to be injured in order to keep raging. Uh, which gets into a whole part of D&D I really don't want to go to. And in fairness, Jonathan, you are unsure of of Carlton's preferences and for all you know one of the guys around here could be his No, type. he was Carlton? pretty he was pretty explicit about he and Kara. That that just means he swings one way, doesn't mean he Car- well, Carlton? I yes. I have never observed what? him uh go, "Hey, like make the 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 eyes at uh, at a dude. N- also, when we were asking about Pasteract people, he didn't ask about any of the dudes. He just asked about Olivia. And also Soria. And also Soria. And, and for a little bit Dorveen until I realized my bro here. And it was like, nah, bro. Bro's for hoes. And I stepped back. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Anyway, you guys eat and drink and uh, enjoy a little bit of quiet time. Very quickly while you're eating, one of the two alone gentlemen finish their meal, put down some money on the table and leave. And so now it's it's just the two the two brothers at the bar and the one other person over by the fireplace. Uh, why don't the two of you roll me perception checks? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I want to see what kind of like colors they're wearing, if I can hear overhear any conversation. Sure. Roll me some perception check. Uh, yes. Drink! 22. All right. Good. Good on us. We are. We are perceptive. I rolled a twenty-two. And Jonathan. I rolled a twenty-one. Okay. But his was a natural twenty-one. <laughs> natural twenty-one. <laughs> well, it was a natural. You rolled 20. a twenty-one on the dice. Really? That was exciting. Okay. Both of doesn't you. Doesn't seem physically possible. <laughs> doesn't seem. That's physically exactly possible. what he said. This doesn't seem physically possible. Okay, you guys look around the bar. Carlton being a little more familiar with this place than than Jonathan. Jonathan kind of with fresh eyes. This area of the uh the Staghorn Flagon is kind of the central restaurant g- bar area. There's the bar along the one wall, the entranceway that you came in, the bar's going to be on the right. It's mostly a bunch of of round tables and a very large fireplace at one end, couple of windows. You can see on the opposite end of the doorway is a opening that leads on one side to a hallway that you had seen the barkeep go back towards in order to go get the stew. So you're assuming at least the kitchen is back there. There's also some stairs going up. And you do know that there are at least a couple of rooms for rent in this place. And so the assumption is the rooms are upstairs. The conversation that's happening is really only between the two brothers at the bar or the barkeep and whoever he's talking to. And the two of you don't really hear anything interesting between the barkeep and anybody. The brothers are chatting about their day. It seems like they're farmhands on a local farm. They're both kind of griping about the day. They're griping about the the frost that's come and the issues that they're having. Uh, the one of them asks about a friend of his that he knows that got injured in the basilisk attack. And it seems like he's doing a little bit better. He was having some problems with his arm and he's been going to see the, the priest at the uh, kind of the non-denominational temple nearby and doing some strength exercises. And it seems like he's doing better. The guy at the fireplace he seems to be one wording answers to the barkeep barkeep doesn't seem bothered by this at all but you're unsure whether that's just 
good old-fashioned hospitality or he's used to this guy. None of them are in any specific colors. In fact, so no Amkathor colors? No. Okay. In fact, you're pretty sure, at least from the conversation alone, these two that are talking at the bar seem to be actual Amphail residents. The one at the fireplace is not in any obvious colors and is not wearing any kind of armor of any sort, so you really don't know. Hmm. Okay. I was going to say, uh, I was like, oh, well, if there was, I could be like, hey, I want to have a meeting and put this all behind us, and then I could get us into the Amkathras. At the moment, you don't see anybody in, in colors. That's the thing I thought of, and now I told you guys so you can remind me next time we see Amkathra people. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a low intelligence. No, you don't! As you guys- No, you don't! You have an average intelligence. You have an average intelligence, you're just not very good at using it. I have the it. lowest intelligence of the party. As the two at the bar continue to talk, the one pays uh, the tab for the two of them. They joke with the barkeep a little bit about, uh, hey, I'll see you tomorrow night. Oh, okay, you know, you go and, you know, have fun. And the two of them amble out. The one brother, obviously slightly more intoxicated than the other, as they're kind of helping each other, and they leave. So, Jonathan, why don't I take one of these beers I haven't drunk, and we go see if... Uh, Mr. Loney McLone face over there would love, like, some company. Sure. Let's hit him up. Yep. All right. So I take, uh, you know, I have my, the, I had three beers. I had drank one. Still got one. I kind of come over, set one down to the lone guys. Like, seeing as we're here, you might some company? Mm. That's all you get out of him is a, you get a grunt. All right. Take it as a yes. He's still kind of very slowly digging into the stew. It looks like the stew's gone cold maybe like 20 minutes ago, and he is just spoonful. Seems about 25, 28, late 20s. Dark, scraggly hair, tough beard. He looks toned, as in he looks like he's been a worker for most of his life, but he's not. This doesn't seem like a a fighter tone. This seems like a guy who's built up some muscle from, from hard work. Simple pants and a shirt and a jacket. And a uh, hat sitting off to the side. He kind of grunts at you as you guys sit down. He's just a kind of a, an average human. And as you sit, he doesn't even really give you eye contact. He's just... It's pretty good stew. I had some over there. <clears throat> Make a mean stew here. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Derek's stuff is always pretty good. Well, I accidentally ordered one too many beers. So please, here, drink amongst friends. He finally makes eye contact with you, and he gives you a very wary look, and he says, What are you selling? I'm just trying to make friends. I don't have too many friends around this town, so I figured it's me, my one buddy, and you were the only ones in the bar, so I figured I could uh, have a polite conversation late at night with a fellow Amphalian. It's worth the cost of an ale, or two. I'm new here. He looks around the bar. Um, he notices that Derek is kind of at the opposite end, close to the door. It looks like he's putting away uh, freshly washed glasses, but he's kind of at the other end of the the establishment. He gives one more quick look around and says, "So are are you looking for some puff? Some puff? Uh, can I roll and recognize what puff might be?" <laughs> I'm totally buying drugs. <laughs> or does he know? Uh, you have no clue. Neither of you have any idea. Go ahead and... Can I roll like an insight to try to infer what Puff might be? 
Well, an insight would be... How many minutes has it been? Has it been 17 minutes? For you guys, like, it's getting close to midnight. So it's up to you when you want to leave and... Oh, after precisely 17 minutes of play, we walked over. We left him a tiny bit of time for afterglow. So momentarily, you guys... (laughs) Not very much, apparently. (laughs) Momentarily, you guys are going to be going to be uh walking on in um and insight's not going to tell you anything except how serious he is uh if you want to know what puff is if you remember it i'd say roll a roll an intelligence check see if you Straight know up anything about this i'll i'll take a history if you think that'll I mean, help it's, it's all the same but eight jonathan you rolling as well yeah or? uh it's either gonna be a so uh straight intelligence that is a 16 if he is getting a history check, that is a 19. And Carlton? Eight. Carlton, you have no idea what Puff is. It's, you've never heard of this before. Hold uh, on, Jonathan... I feel like if it's something, I think you should just tell Jonathan and like find a way to whisper it to him. Jonathan actually doesn't know what it is, but you have an idea it's probably not something legal. Based on context. The, based on context and based on the, the word he's used. Anyway, he is he's he's asked you are you looking for some puff? Uh I've the, the I am new with this. Uh do I just say yes? If you want some, yeah. I mean you don't have to be you, new with this. If uh, you want some, you say yes. If you yes. don't want some, then you leave my table right now. You get that sweet magic dragon. I'm buying drugs. You're buying drugs? <laughs> I'm gonna buy some puff. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Kids! Yes. Jonathan the Badge Muscular here. We've had some fun tonight. (laughs) (laughs) The guy looks looks at you and says, alright, how much do you want? Uh, how much would you recommend for the first time? First time? Oh god, where does he get these guys? (laughs) Guy your size. Um, yeah, hold on. And he, he takes another... Of his soup, and as he puts the spoon down, he reaches into his pocket and very slowly pulls out what looks like a small leather pouch, puts it down, and says, "That that's gonna be like three doses worth. I don't sell any smaller than that because it doesn't make any sense." So for me, I should take three doses at once. No, I'd, I'd start with I'd start with one. You don't want to overdose on this this stuff, and I don't know. I don't know your size, how much that would be. All right. All right. How much? How much? Uh, three doses is going to be 30 gold. I want to insight, a.k.a. a 5-0 check. Oh, you think he's a cop? You think it's entrapment? <laughs> All right. Go ahead and roll an insight check. They don't have cops here. They literally don't. He could be someone else. We don't know everything that's going on. Hey, I want to roll a 5-0 check, and so I'm rolling a 5-0 check. Meanwhile, Carlton's riding that sweet magic dragon. Well, he's not. <laughs> he's technically not done anything illegal yet, I think. 15 minutes away, he's already turned to drugs. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm a terrible guardian over here. Um, a 16 insight. The guy seems a little nervous, mostly because he hasn't dealt with you two before. And it seems like he's tr- he's caught his back to the barkeep so you get the sense that maybe the barkeep either doesn't know or is turning a blind eye to this but you, you don't sense any deception on his part he's he's here he's he's a drug dealer he's looking to sell some drugs 
<laughs> I'm a drug buyer, and I'm looking to buy some drugs. All right. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of look around, make sure the bar keeps back turn, and I fish out thirty gold, and I, I slide it over the table. I'm like, I've got the gold. If you've got the stuff, that dare cop from fifth grade is so disappointed. What do you think is in the bag? Jesus, really is your first time. He takes the gold and pockets it. He grabs the bowl and finishes the stew, puts it down, stands up, re-reaches into his pocket and puts uh, a gold back down on, on the table and says, it was a good talking with you, and turns and starts to leave. The pouch that he had pulled out, he's left on the table intentionally. Okay. As he reaches the door, Bernie, you and Travancore reach the door just in time for it to be opened for you by kind of a scraggly looking dude, uh, bushy beard, unkempt black hair. He looks uh, fit, but kind of tired. He doesn't really make eye contact with you. He just uh, and holds the door open for you as you guys enter. Thank you. And a after you guys are gone, he leaves. Okay. Bernie wants to do a perception check to or insight or whatever to see how relatively satisfied Carlton looks. Okay. Would it be perception or insight? That would be that would be insight because you're trying to read into his demeanor. Um, are you guys just leaving the bag on the table or? Oh, I'm you... taking the bag. I All pay right. for these drugs. All right. I look in and what is it like? What's it look like? Is it like a powder? Is it like a tobacco type substance? Is it like am I going to inject this, snort it, or smoke it? I would say from its name, you probably smoke it. You you take a look inside. It's it's a very small pouch. It's almost too small to even be a coin purse. It's a little weird. And you open it up, and what's inside seems to be a black, maybe brownish powder-ish stuff. Uh, you could reach in, and if you kind of rub it between your fingers, it's it's grains it's almost like sand it's so coarse and there there seems to be about f three three and a half ounces in this leather tiny little leather pouch it's uh it's something that bernie could hold in her hand comfortably it's so small uh bernie what was your your insight check uh not very good i got an 11 carlton seems pleased at the moment but you're not sure why all right so um Bernie has decided that she's just going to roll on instinct <laughs> and walk up and very loudly say, Hi, Carlton, how is the whore? <laughs> <laughs> well, it only lasted exactly 17 minutes. Oh, what a shame. Jonathan, I know how much you like to listen in. Um, like is a relative term and a little glib. I know, you love it! At this point, the barkeep comes on over and says, Well, uh, I shouldn't be surprised to see all of you here, but here you are. Did the two of you want anything? I'm going to be closing up for the night since uh, there's really nobody else around, so uh, I would say this is last call. If you you had anything in specific you'd like to do or get beer, beer yes, is sir? good. Yes. Also, I want to. Does Bernie notice the bag? Can I perception check that? Carlton at at the point that you actually reached him, he would have picked up the bag, looked in it, and put it away. Yes. <laughs> I'm assuming you said you put it away, right? You said. Oh, you well, grabbed I didn't it, say so. it, but yes, that was implied that I look in. Because I don't want to keep drugs out in the open. I 
may not be the smartest person, but I know that much. Yeah. So he would have pocketed it by the time you, you got over there. I do have a question to go along with that beer. What can I help you with? Which one of the ladies who frequent your fine establishment did Carlton frequent tonight? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, I think he was only over here talking to a gentleman who just left. Oh, well. I, I, I pull Bernie aside and say, let's not confront him on it. When he's ready, he'll tell us. No, I mean, that's fine. It's more of a spectrum anyway. Let me let me go ahead and get you those beers. I'll I'll be right back. Um, and he ambles at off. At this point, how many people are in the bar besides us? Not nobody no else. Those were the last. That- As he goes away, I shoot a look to Bernie and and Travancore. I was like, I could put him to sleep, and we can have him now. Okay, <laughs> I would just like to remind you. First and foremost, no exit strategy. Second, I'm not fighting. Fighting in a basement. Third, the you're not very good at putting people to sleep. I, I have many, many more spell levels now. I can, I can do like shit. I think I can do nine d eight worth of hit points. While while he's talking to them about that, I wanted to kind of follow Derek in the back. Be like, hey, Derek, I know. So I you're know actually you're... gonna get up from the table and just like follow yeah. him to the bar. Hey, uh, yeah, I want to be like, hey, Derek, I know you're you're you you know some stuff and you can keep stuff quiet. How do I puff? What what do you talk what? Puff. You bought some of that shit? How do I drugs? I don't know what it was. I didn't want <laughs> How do I, was... I drugs? <laughs> <laughs> How do I drugs? What is nukes? Why would you buy something if you didn't know what it was? Because he seemed friendly and he seemed like he needed money. What is was puff? That... Did you just from Ah, oh, that asshole. I told him not to deal while he was on my property. I will be having a talk with him later. Listen, what, your what best is... bet is to, to not to just go ahead and bury that stuff under the ground. If you if you trust me from our discussions we have had before that I've have your best interests at heart, then I suggest that you just forget that you even that you I that you even touch that stuff and just forget about it, okay? Now let me So don't smoke it. May I suggest that if you don't know what you're supposed to do with it, that you probably shouldn't take it. Okay. I, I don't know what it was, so he just seems like he, he was on the up and up. No, he didn't! Can I get an insight, <laughs> can I get an insight on uh, Derek to see when he said, my best interest, you can trust me? Yeah, sure, go ahead and roll a, an insight check. I think I can trust him. I rolled a four. You think you can trust him, although right at, like, when he was talking about, I've got your best interest at heart, everything seemed completely on the level. And then right at the end, as he says, you bought something, you didn't even know what it was and that whole thing, like you you see something in his eyes as he then goes on to say, so if I had some stuff to sell you that you might be interested in, do you think, you think you'd be willing to listen? Uh, yes. Excellent. Do you think your friends would be interested or just you? I think that we'd be interested in listening. Excellent. Well, why don't you, and he, under the bar, pulls out a glass, fills it with the same dark beer that you guys have been drinking, hands it to you and says, why don't you, you bring your lady over there, this beer, and I will be right back when we have a second. Because if if you're interested in things you don't even know about, we might have some business to take care of. Uh, okay. I, Brady, he told me to bring you this beer and he said I shouldn't smoke my drugs. We're going to buy some magic beans, aren't we? I'm sorry, what? Here's your beer. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Please, 
What about the drugs? You bought drugs? I didn't know they were drugs. Well, I didn't. What know do you drugs. mean you didn't know they were drugs? <laughs> I I wasn't hundred percent. I assumed they were drugs. Was there some kind of unwashed man in here that was trying to just like? Did he corner you in a back alley and say, "Come here, I've got some stuff for you"? What it happened? Jonathan, explain this. Was there candy in his caravan? <laughs> Listen, so. <laughs> I I feel like Carlton is kind of like like learning his place in the world and it's I mean his brain's fully formed it's probably fine if Give he were a teenager me. it would be an issue but he's an adult it, so it's probably fine oh man me. you sound like JJ from the Venture Brothers we let Ned make his own choices that's nice for whoever this Ned man is give me the drugs Carlton uh, I, I, he said I should give him the him and bury him. No, don't give them to this bartender. You can't trust that man. Give me the drugs. No. Carlton? No. Carlton? You're not my real mom. I am your real mother. We've yet to have this discussion, but give me the drugs. Jonathan, sidebar. Yo. I am amenable to your plan to, uh, to put the, this bartender fellow to sleep, but on the condition that if it goes tits up, we leave town immediately. It's no more Amtel adventures. Tits up. It's We're done. going to go tits up. This is our last ditch effort to get some sense. If I'll it tell doesn't you what, work, um, we move on. You guys, I, I am not. Everything about Amphail is tits up. If you guys have the word "fail" is right there in the name. Okay, okay. Here's what Giant we're gonna do. I am gonna tits in the air. Okay, I didn't All right, all right, all right. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So let's do this. I am going to to go. I'm gonna go over and put my head down on another table, like, and, and give me your empty steins so it looks like I had a little too much for, for, for what I ate today. I'm going to keep my head down and listen. And Bucks is also going to stealth in and listen. And you guys are going to check out, when he, when he comes back and tries to sell us information, you guys check him out, check out his story. And if we don't like what we're hearing, say, do you have any apple tarts? <laughs> and I will cast sleep on his ass. I only agree this plan if Carlton gives me the drugs right now. Otherwise, I'm going to light fire to this entire thing. Carl, Carl, Carlton, give her ass the drugs. Give her the drugs. There's one piece we're forgetting. Like, these people, at least part of the town, has the ability to block magic. through. We saw that in the uh, the racetracks. Was there That's any indication good. of anything remotely similar to that in the town itself? Bernie owns matches. It's fine. No, no, no. Uh, I, I know what he's asking, and I don't. Jonathan the Magic Musker does not detect the same anti-magic aura as he detected in the track, right? In here. Do we know this? Does he need Roll to do an arcana check? Also, while he's rolling that arcana check, we're get- 22. Drugs. Give me the drugs. Carlton, give her the drugs. Give her the Come on. I'll fuck Carlton. this whole plan into the ground. Right. I'll show <laughs> right. you tits up. I was like, see, it's just, it's just a powder. It's just a small powder. And then I snort it. And then I give her the rest of the bag. An open letter to the dare Uh-oh. cop from fifth grade. <laughs> you take like you. How much do you grab? Uh, about an ounce. That's a okay, lot. Okay, you snort it, and then that it, well, lot. his hands I are big. I don't think you can snort an ounce in one. I go. try to. I just so you just scarface that you just like <laughs> like. <laughs> so Bernie, what he hands you is a small leather pouch. It's tiny. Contains about two ounces of this black granulated stuff. That if you wanted to do uh, some checks on, I'm I could do absolutely what take checks that. But do I need to fucking do? 
Well, before you do, Carlton, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> what am I uh, doing? A check so anyway, on to figure out what the you're is. holding. You're holding your check for a second because uh, twenty-two. Oh, it burns. It's oh god, up the nose. Oh, ow, ow, sinuses. Oh, that's the worst. Who would do this? Ow, and you like feel this warmth, kind of as the burn subsides over through your brain down the back of your head, and for a second your spine is a little tingly. And then it's gone. Oh my goddamn money back. Bernie, as you're looking at this powder, uh, uh, well, granulated stuff, what would you like to ascertain? Because that might, de- de- it's going to change the check. Uh, is it magic? Roll an arcana check. I want to say, and as I want to, I also want to ask, what is this? What did you buy? I bought regret. Yes. Does it have a real name, Carlton? Or is it just labeled Carlton's a fucking idiot? The guy said it was called Puff. It's called Puff? What did you not do then? (laughs) But it's a powder. You snort powders. T-shirt idea. If a chocolate bar is called... (laughs) If you you look at a glass of milk and it has drink written on the side, would you assume you eat it? (laughs) I don't know. Tobacco can be smoked and or... All right, Bernie, what was your arcana check? I got a five. (laughs) It... You, you're really not sure. It doesn't feel magical. All right. Can I do a history check to see if I know what Puff is? Sure. In my long years, if I've ever encountered this. Of drug use? <laughs> I got a three. So, obviously, yeah. no, just my life. Like, I don't have to do drugs to know what they are. I was going to say, before you found Bay, was it a dark time in your life? No. You have never heard of this specific narcotic drug uh, thing before. Good. Can I make some kind of, like, logic check to see if I can figure out how he was supposed to use it? I will take a nature or a medicine check to try to ascertain exactly how you would use this, knowing what little you do. I have a lot of pluses to medicine. So 25 on medicine. You take a couple grains and look at them on your finger. You you don't snort them, but you do take a whiff to see if you can get any kind of odor. You look at the bag, you you put the grains back in and then kind of lick your finger to see if you can get a residual taste to kind of really ascertain what this is. This seems to be some kind of synthetic blend. You're not able to actually pin down a plant. Kyla might be able to tell you more as a as an herbalist, but in your medicine history, this seems like the kind of thing you could either <laughs> smoke or snort or sneeze or sneeze you could probably roll it and and smoke it or you could snort it but it would be different amounts depending on how much you wanted in your system so smoking versus snorting would probably you would need more or less you're not exactly sure because you need to know more about the what this is all right i'm going to put this in my bag and I'm going to okay. look over at Jonathan, <laughs> and I'm going to go, why didn't you stop him? And at that point, you hear a, a gentle, stop him from what? Can, I'll, I'm sorry, I was, I was a little late. And you turn and see uh, Derek Marn standing there, the barkeep. He is holding in one hand a beer, and in the other hand, he's got a piece of paper, a small folded up piece of paper. And he puts the beer down and actually sits at the table with you. And says, I don't expect anyone else to be coming in tonight. And we we certainly don't have any guests upstairs. Uh, But the door is open, just so you know. 
So if I change the subject of our conversation very quickly, you will know why. Am I understood? Correct. Real question before we actually get on any kind of subject. Is the drug dealer your friend? No, he is not. In fact, he was explicitly told that he was not allowed to ply his wares on my property. And I will be... And he looks over at Carlton warily and then back at you and says, I will be talking with him soon. I'm going to recommend that if you had a few prostitutes, people might not need to buy drugs. Uh, Last time I had men or women who were willing to ply those kind of wares, the toughs made that very difficult. Interesting. So I I am an honest businessman. If sex work were legal... It, oh, it's very legal. There's there's nothing against that. It's um frowned upon by, let's say, certain members of society around here. The Tufts being one of the many. And as I, sh- I, I know you understand, they are employing me in other ways that are very profitable. That's true. Hypocrisy is a sin we can discuss later. What's the the conversation that you want to have with us? Well, he gives you a an, a very long look and then puts the piece of paper down on the table in front of him, but he doesn't actually let go of it. And it's folded up so you can't see anything. He says, I understand you had an interesting encounter with the Lady Passerac this morning. Yes, I diagnosed her. Oh, really? She had an illness? Well, more like a chronic condition. Oh, that's that's interesting. Would you happen to have any information on on what that condition is? We call it RBF, and I'm sure you've noticed. He cocks his head and says, I'm afraid I'm not familiar with with that, that term. Is there like a layman's term for that or or something that I would I would know? Resting bitch face. He you see the light bulb. You also notice a little bit of disappointment. And he says, Oh, I'd I'd heard she's not the most pleasant to deal with. Yes. Well, I mean, some people with RBF are just perfectly nice people, and she was pretty nice, I mean, for what she was. Uh, but no, her face. Nothing you can do about that. But there's Nothing immediately you can do, but I, I am, let's just say, aware that perhaps you w- were there searching out some interesting information. And he looks once again over at Carlton. Uh, I was out hunting all day. Yeah. How are you looking at me? I'm sure you were, but I, d- I did hear that you were not there with the discussions with the Lady Passerac. Is that correct? No, I wasn't, because I, I can't talk for shit. And, uh, like, they're nobles, and I, I I don't get along with the nobles in this town, as I'm pretty sure you are well aware, being a man of information. You're looking at a man who just accidentally bought drugs. This is very true. I, I stand corrected. Listen, I have been able to obtain a little bit of interest in information that I thought you might be willing to buy off of me, considering our discussion from the other day. And considering what I happen to know you were doing this morning, if you were looking to, let's say, be more fruitful in your investigation of the the stables. How interesting. Uh, uh, 
Is that a code? I don't. Is that a code for drugs? Yes, Carlton. It's a code for drugs. Why don't you just give the nice man some money? Listen, once once I hand you this piece of paper, you are more than welcome to do whatever you would like with it. But I would I would like to say that this is some very sensitive information, and I'm not going to part with it for cheap. When will this bar start selling apple tarts? I'm I'm sorry. When will what? Oh no, I just had a thought like i've i've been on this whole apple kick like we don't have them back where i'm from and i noticed on the menu that I, we breaking don't bad. this is a breaking bad <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh um excuse me uh i think i hear my familiar calling and so i get up and i i move i start moving outside I'll, I'll, I'll just be right back and as i as i leave i note while he notes this uh derek is looking at you, Travancore, and is a little confused. If I were to draw a 20-foot radius circle in this bar, is there a... Could I draw it such that Derek is the only one within this circle? Yes. However, so you are seated currently around a, a round table. What gave you guys the notion that this was breaking bad? We'll say the fireplace is up. The doorway is down. The bar is to the right, and there's really nothing to the left. To the left, to the left. Derek is sitting is to the right. So, and then the rest of you are kind of seated around the table. Jonathan, I need to go outside to check on my familiar would mean going down. Right. But if you did move, say, towards the bar... You could easily get into a space in where, in your radius, only Derek would be. Well, no, 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 no. I, I choose a point, and then 20 feet a- away from that. Oh, okay, then yes. The, you, you could place a circle um, so that only Derek would be in the very far okay. point of that circle. Can I, can I, as a like non-player, veto this? Because nothing bad has happened. There's no, literally, nothing's gone south. Do you want to say something like, we don't need apple tarts right now? Yes. I look at Travancore and I say, you were kidding me. You had tons of apple tarts today. He literally bought like 50 apples. You, they don't need to sell tarts. How much for the piece of paper? I'm still, wa- I'm still walking outside and I guess I'm going to be like, I guess I'll wait for, like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sum. So we've gotten... A positive apple tart, and then we subtracted a uh, we subtracted an apple tart. So I'm waiting for the sum to go positive apple tart before I put his ass to sleep. Well, as a non-player, I mean, can I ask like, why are we going to throw money this guy's way if we're already looking to investigate him and yeah. just read the paper he has anyway? Yeah, but like, did we not just have like a conversation that said kidnapping this man and attacking him in his own institution is a strategically bad idea? And that we have no clue who his allies are. Literally, he belongs to a shadow organization. And he obviously, obviously knows where we go and what we do and when we do it. So the idea that he doesn't have someone who will immediately know if shit's gone bad with him seems to me laughable. Also, the goddamn door is open. And by open, he meant unlocked. So it's unlocked. closed because it's cold, but it is. It, it, he told you basically it was unlocked so someone could come in. Fine. I don't care. Whatever the quickest path out of Anfield. I'm saying this as Jack. 
is fine. So yeah, I'm not I hungry mean, anymore. I, 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 after what I say, you may be right. I think I've had too much. Good. That's a double negative apple tart, by the way. <laughs> so, okay. We're now at negative one apple tart. <laughs> so as this weird conversation happens and Jonathan uh, slowly makes his way towards the door, the barkeep pushes the paper a little bit closer to you guys. He's still holding onto it, still on the table, and he says, oh, this is going to cost you about 120 gold, but I, I can assure you it's it's going to be very relevant to your interests if you are truly as interested in taking out those responsible for that attack from a few days ago. As I, as I leave, I, I leave the door open, and I think, Bucks, get in there you, stealthily. So what Bucks is going to do is he's going to go on the floor and I'm going to, like, as I'm holding the door open, he's going to hear me. He's going to come down to the floor, and he's going to owl waddle in on the <laughs> ground. Right, just, like, right as I'm opening the door, he's going to owl waddle in. And then I'm going to stay outside, but Bucks is going to keep me apprised of the, of the sum of apple tarts. Okay, I'll go ahead and have Bucks roll a stealth check. <laughs> A waddling owl stealth check, and we a will click, click, click talons on the floor stealth check. Yeah, that's an eight. Okay. Um, I he should get advantage. He's this big, and he's on the floor. He doesn't get advantage. However, he is tiny. He is on the floor, and uh, those of you at the table, while it's fairly obvious what Jonathan is doing because you kind of know what he's doing and know about Bucks. The barkeep seems to be very intent on his conversation. He's particularly trying to lock eyes with Bernie because it's, it's obvious he feels like Bernie is the one that he needs to convince in all of this. And so as the door opens, his eyes, Bernie, don't even leave yours. Bernie, he doesn't even seem to check notice. In, check him. Check him. Check him for what? Insight. This is the time. Is this really worth our time? I'm going to do an insight check. To see if this is really worth our goddamn time. So what exactly, when you're inciting, the last thing he said was... I want to know if he's bluffing me. Yeah. Okay. It's just, does he actually feel like what he's saying is true? That's what I'm checking okay. for, at least. Sure. Give me some insight checks. Okay. I got a 12. Well, I got a 14. I got a 16. Nice. Damn. Okay. Travancore, he seems super intent on Bernie, and you don't think he notices Bucks. Bernie. He seems super intent on you, like he's trying to convince you of something. Carlton, he really wants to sell you what's on this piece of paper. And while you're not exactly sure how honest he's being, there's a weird sense of desperation there. Hmm. Why did it have to be me to figure this out? <laughs> I will remind you, you are at negative one apple tart. To answer Jonathan's query, yes, Bucks manages to get in. It doesn't seem like the barkeep notices, it's and the too bad tiny pygmy owl because is now if, inside. if he had noticed, it would have been the most adorable thing ever, little owlet waddle. Probably, but at the moment, he is intent on burning. I mean, it was still adorable. If an owl <laughs> if an waddles owl in the forest and no one sees, is it still adorable? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. All right, so Derek, before I fork over 120 gold. Can you give me a brief synopsis of what type of information I'd be buying, other than it's vital to my interest? I know what my interests are worth, and my interests are worth varying sums. 
You can give me a little bit more. You don't have to tell me exactly what's in this dossier, but just kind of give me uh, the cliff notes about, like, what could it be that would be worth 120 and not, say, 50? You made it obvious from our, our last conversation that you were interested in finding out as much information about what the Passeracs were up to as possible, and, and with the intent on taking them down for the evildoers that they are, I feel from what I have been told of the uh, actions that happened this morning that that didn't happen, and the information on this piece of paper, while simple, will be exactly what you need to find what you're looking for. Uh, 18 Insight, is he being honest with me? And especially when he said the evildoers that they are. He's being honest with you about what's on the piece of paper. The rest of it is shady as fuck. Bernie wants to chime in because she's just skeptical about spending that much gold. So she says, is there a name on this piece of paper? Are you literally handing, for 150 gold, are you handing me the name of the per, 100 and whatever the fuck, 120 gold, are you handing me the person that did this? I am handing you the means to be able to get into a location where you will find everything you are hoping to find. And what do you think I'm hoping to find? Well, you had said that you wanted to take the Passerax down for going after the the townspeople with the basilisk attack. No, we said we wanted to find out if they made the attack. Well, if you think they did it, this will be how you'll find out for sure. Uh, 19, insight on whether or not this will actually get us when he's saying that, if he's lying to our faces, if this will get us where we need to go. I got a 23 on, like, what's this lying liar saying, so... Well, I want to be... Sketchy as fuck people. I want to be a popular kid, so I rolled a two, but I only got a 16, so. Okay. Travancore, he is so intent on Bernie, it's a little hard to read him, because you're not really getting him face on. Carlton, you're, you're sitting a little more forward, and you've already kind of gotten a beat on this guy. He's telling the truth about what he's telling you is on this piece of paper. He's trying to be obtuse because he doesn't want... Whatever is on this piece of paper is obviously fairly simple, and he doesn't want you guys guessing it because he's afraid you'll just walk away. But there's something else going on, you're not sure. Bernie, whatever he is telling you you're going to find about the basilisks, about the people, that, that is, there's, there's so much depth to his lying in there that you can't even begin to untangle the knot. The only thing you can verify is true is that what's on that piece of paper will get you he'll is what he's telling you it is it'll get you access to something but the rest of it about the basilisks about the people about what he thinks you want about what he thinks you'll find that's that's a load of horseshit now friend i know you normally deal in gold what how about dealing in favors uh, if i dealt in favors i would not be able to afford this fine establishment and while right, i I'm appreciate saying we could that probably lower we could probably negotiate a fairer price in exchange for some services. At this point, he pulls the piece of paper back and sits a little further back, and he says, my price is, is fairly well set, and I, I will not be negotiating for favors that may or may not come true. I will take the gold, 
or, or we will call our business here to an end. And no hard feelings. If no, you, none, If none. you say no, that is perfectly fine with me. I will walk away. You will walk away. That'll, that'll be the end of this business. And, and there is no harm, no foul. But Mind if I have a little sidebar with my friends here? Just to, you know, see if this would be worth our collective investment? What if we gave you 100 gold? I think that would be 20 short of what I asked. But I think I think a moment to discuss, because I'm asking what can seem like a lot, I'm sure. But once I'm confident once you see the information I will be given unto you, that you will be, you will feel like this was a good deal. And he takes a piece of paper and pockets it and stands up and says, I, I have some business at the bar. You are welcome to come by and buy any of my services. Or if it is time for you to call it an evening, I will understand. Uh, consider the meal on me. Well, thank you kindly. As a thank you for your services for saving the people from a couple days ago. And he stands up and puts the chair back and walks back to the bar. Okay. Uh, so I kind of look at Bucks and like, tell Jonathan to come in. Not for, not for tarts, but just so he can come in and discuss this with us. You're not uh, you're more you're not more than a hundred feet away, so you hear that. Uh, I t- I say, Bucks, shake your head. No, okay. Uh, so I go to Bernie. I'm like, so do we just want to say thirty gold each, and then we read the paper, and if we don't like it, then we put them to sleep, get our money back, and then interrogate. I'm actually good with that. Yeah, that actually satisfies everything. Bucks uh cocks his head as if he's listening to something, and then nods. All right. All right. <laughs> so I will front the money, and then. We guys can we can settle up later, but yeah. uh, collectively, if we don't like it, uh, collectively, if we do like it, it'll be thirty gold each. What is the range of explosive roots? Well, you look that up. I'm assuming the rest of you are coming to the bar to finish your business. Uh, I'm gonna okay. go to the table and I'm gonna gesture him to come back to his seat. He sees you and gives you a nod, puts the rag away that he was using to wash down the, the, the counter and comes back over. He doesn't sit. He stands at his, his seat, but he does come on over and he says, um, I believe you've come to a decision, it sounds like. Uh, and I kind of pull out a little, I counted out a little 120. I put a little pouch and I'm like, seems like you've given us some good information before. Talked about it, discussed it. You know, 30, 30 ahead is not too bad. Uh, and I keep my hand on the gold until he pulls the paper out and puts it on the table. That way we can Which do the does. little. We can do the little slide. He's yeah. He's he's at this point with you offering the gold. He he is willing to let go of the paper first. As he does that, and I start reaching it, I slide the the pouch over and I read the paper. All right. He takes the pouch. He looks in. He counts it, satisfied, puts it away. You open up the piece of paper. It's very small. It only folds out twice it's not even like half a sheet and you instantly recognize what it is this is the that butt end of the the l-shaped stables of the pasarac that end part where you were uh there were those three stables this is a rough hand-drawn map of kind of that end part of the stables and those three closed off stable areas and the furthest one, the one at the very end, the one where you had ended up dropping your halberd and having that whole encounter, you distinctly remember there were these sconces on the wall that had lanterns hanging from them. There's an arrow pointing at one of them. And then there's a a little hand-drawn 
um, what looks like a crank on the wall next to it and an arrow pointing down. Okay. So there is a basement under there. And Derek sees your recognition and says, I thought that's what you might be looking for. <sighs> is this worth 30 gold each or do we want more information out of him? I think to my cosmic self, not out loud. <laughs> How do you get this information? He's not going to tell us. Well, that is my job, is to have this kind of information. Bucks, by the way, had backed up uh, to where he would be uh, not in a 20-foot radius of that piece of paper. Just in case it was explosive runes. <laughs> I understand war profiteers, but, I mean, I generally thought it behooved you to make sure that the people who buy your beer can continue to do so. The Passeracs are not buying my beer. Yes, but see, then there's this other part of me that realizes that you finance this place not through the sale of your beer. This is a very astute observation. So did you sell us out? No, it would not behoove me to do that. You would never come back to me if I sold you out. I want to insert that statement. Yeah, that was, <laughs> this is what you insight. Go ahead. Go ahead and roll an insight. 20, but not natural. Bernie got nope. a 17. Carlton got a 9. So a 20, a 17, and a 9. Bernie and Travancore? Uh, yeah, he sold you the fuck out. It's, it's obvious. He, he's, he badly covers that lie. Do I read, can I read their faces that they're uncomfortable about why this? Why don't you, why don't, you let, with a nine, why don't no. you let Jack finish what he was about to say? Yeah. On second thought, Bernie, I think I really could go for an apple tart. Do you want to go for two apple tarts? I think we should go for two apple tarts. Not a lot of sugar today. All right, at Sir, have you considering abandoning the um bar business and opening a bakery? So at at this notion, Jonathan the Magimuscular steps through the door and casts sleep at third level in an area encompassing Derek. All right, go ahead and roll. So at third level, you get how many? Nine d8s. All right, go ahead and roll 98. You you can definitely put it. He's standing in a similar spot to where he was before. You can definitely put that radius down where it's only going to encompass him. That's why I called him. him back to the table and not at the bar because I would fall the fuck asleep. All right. Wow. I put 31. That's a lot of dice. I put 31 uh, points of hit hit points uh, to sleep. And you're outside, right? I, I come in and I. It's magic. Um, is you know. sleep, sleep is verb, what's, verbal, what's the component of verbal? and, uh, material. Okay. No, he doesn't fucking notice. You come in, you cast this spell. Bernie, you're, you're asking him about opening up a, a bakery, and he says, Well, I can't say that that's something that I really Poof. <sighs> and he is fast asleep on the ground. Let, lock the door. We're going out a window. Put a bag over his head. Let's go. Carlton, get your money back. Get your money back in case we have to drop this son of a bitch. Yeah. We'll actually pause it right there. <gasps> so excited. Sleep! With Derek sleep. fast asleep. <laughs> we are good <laughs> at doing cliffhangers. It worked. If I, you, rolled, you rolled like 10 more hit points than he had. I was super impressed. Well, I, I wanted to be sure, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So next time we will pick up immediately where this left off. He is asleep on the ground. And we will go from there next time. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com. And see you next encounter. <laughs>